This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. All right, let's get real here and talk about many of you who actually love your nine to five. And your biggest challenge is learning how to balance your work and passion for travel. Well, today's guest, Sam Santoshini, has learned to do just that. Petroleum engineer by day, world traveler during the weekends, Sam has learned how to balance and optimize her vacation days, weekends, and public holidays to fulfill her passion to travel without having to quit her 9 to 5. On this episode, Sam discusses how to optimize your weekends to travel and why you should not be afraid to ask for what you want. I'm so excited to share this interview with Sam because it's such a unique alternative to quitting the 9 to 5 and a reminder that when you really love what you do, you can only enhance it by adding your passions. And of course, you don't necessarily have to choose between the two. So I really hope you enjoy this interview as much as I do. Sam, thanks so much for joining me today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and how you're able to live an offbeat nomadic lifestyle? Hi, Debbie. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. And I mean, I feel really great that I was able to qualify myself to be a part of your podcast. And this will be the first interview I'll ever do in my life, which is not work related. (laughs) So yeah, thank you for having me. It's great. Uh, and um, yeah, to answer your question, I work nine to five as a petroleum engineer, and I usually travel during weekends and during uh, the public holidays and the vacation days that I get. Um, so I started doing this regularly when I moved to UK as. Uh, a work transfer that I got three and a half years ago. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm in UK and this, what more better opportunity can I get to explore Europe than this? And the only way I could do that is by making use of the free time that was available for me uh, along with the full-time job that I do, which is weekends and uh, uh, public holidays and the 25 days of uh, official vacation days that I get. Yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last three and a half years. And I've covered almost most of Europe and tried to use some of my vacation days now to actually go beyond Europe and explore some other continents and countries around as well. So yeah, I mean, it has been a great balance so far. That's really amazing that you're able to do that, Sam, because when we think of our nine to five lives, it's usually we can't do any of the traveling because it's too stressful. And if you do it during the weekend, how do you have enough time? How are you able to balance that to get enough time for yourself to be able to really enjoy each of the places that you're able to see? The whole planning stuff is very important. And you got to make sure what place you're planning to go. And what are you going to see over there? I mean, I 
I'm actually a fast traveler, to be honest, but I know that not everybody likes traveling that way. And they love spending multiple days in one place and lazing around and stuff. But uh, I, I wouldn't do that even if I have a month of travel to do. So I I like optimizing my time. And I know that, okay, this place requires this much time. And okay, then I can move to somewhere else. Having said that, I know that over a weekend, I mean, you can't do a lot of things you, that you would do. But surprisingly, in Europe, a lot of places can be done over a weekend. And I realized that eventually, because when I started planning my trips in the first year when I got here in UK, I used to like travel to places and have long weekends, like uh, take the weekend and take Friday or Monday off and do it. And when I used to get there and start exploring, I would realize that, oh, I could have actually done this in two days if I planned it properly. I could have saved some time here and there and do it. And that's when I started optimizing my time. And it was a learning process. Yes, it requires a lot of planning and optimizing what you're trying to do, but it's possible. And to be really honest, I feel more lazy on the weekends when I don't travel, when I go back <laughs> to work. <laughs> than the days when I travel because it's I, I feel stimulated when I come back from a trip. Your location in London is the perfect place to be able to go to these places and it's fairly cheap to, to travel in Europe. So that's perfect that you're able to transfer there from your job. Yes, but I would like to add to that that funny part about traveling over weekends is that it is not as cheap because the flight prices are usually more expensive if you're traveling on weekends compared to if you're booking a flight on weekdays. So this is something that I have to trade off and balance. And thankfully, because I have a full-time job and a steady income, I am I'm able to spend that extra money to book those weekend flights, which I wouldn't be able to do if, you know, but I wouldn't have to do if I was traveling full time because I would rather take a flight on a Monday or a Tuesday instead of Friday evening, which is a peak prime time for everybody to travel. The fact that you have your nine to five, I know it gets a lot of bad raps with people. We want to leave the nine to five because of this, that, but you love what you're doing. So if you're not able to do location independence full time because you love your job and you want to still go there, you can definitely balance it the way Sam has. Let's talk about your process when you're planning these mini getaways. Is there a special site that you go to? Where do you look for places to stay? Do you go to any blogs or anything like that to research the, the areas that you want to go to? Well, I, what I do is very typical to any traveler. Uh, it is... So first thing first, I make a list of all the places that I want to see. So yes, I have a tiny little uh, notepad with like a list of places that I want to see in a year. And then they are categorized into places I want to see during summer, places I want to see during spring and, you know, winter. I want to see these places for autumn and winter and stuff like that. So I first categorize the places I want to see. And then the next step is, yes, I go to Google Maps and Google in general and look at the points of interest for the place that I want to see. And uh, when I say places, let me clarify that I'm talking about cities and not countries, because uh, say I want to see the whole of Switzerland. I mean, I know that I need 
few weeks to do that. So these are places mainly keeping in mind that I want to do it over a weekend. So then once I decide on the places, I look at the points of interest, I draw a radius around it and try to get an idea how good the public transport in that place is and how difficult it is for me to get from the center to the farthest place that I want to see over there. And then the next step is to go through the huge amount of amazing blogs, which are already available in Google, which is written by all these amazing bloggers and travelers. And they have written itineraries like one day itinerary, two day, three day, four day. So you can get all sorts of itineraries. So I start with 24 hour itineraries and 48 hour itineraries and uh, try to see if it has all the places that I want to see. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they also have extra places that I don't want to see. Like I'm not very much into checking off all the museums in a city. So I literally give it a pass. So yeah, so then it, some most of the times these places I can easily do over two days once I get these guidance from the other travelers as well. And they fit into the places that I want to see. It's easy. Uh, basically, you have to use the resources which are already available to you. I stay in hostels, so I go for hostelworld.com. And funnily, booking.com has also come up with some really good options lately with great accommodations with single room places which are affordable. You do a lot of planning for these trips even though they're during the weekends because you really have to optimize everything that you do otherwise you're going to miss out on the things that you love and it's a little different when you have more time because then you can say okay well if I don't see that today I can see that tomorrow or the next day but if you only have two days or a day and a half you really have to pinpoint everything and you have to know what you like and what you don't like otherwise you're just going to be walking around (laughs) and seeing nothing at the end (laughs) (laughs) so what has been the biggest setback you have encountered during your journey and how did you handle it I don't know if I will consider that as a setback I think it it has helped me and uh set me back in few occasions is that I don't know how to drive. So usually it becomes a problem when you don't know how to drive and you want to do or want to go to some places where uh, the public transport is not very helpful or more time consuming. And when you're restricted with a limited amount of time and the itinerary that you want to do, then Uh, Most of times, the best way to do it is to just rent a car and start driving. Sadly, I'm not able to do that because I travel solo. And uh, so a few times I have dragged some of my friends who know how to drive and we have gone through it. But yes, it has set me back. And there are a lot of itineraries that I haven't been able to do yet because I can't drive. But having said that, I mean, in order to overcome the setback and because we were talking about steady income, I can afford to hire a taxi in case I want to. If I really want to do a place and there are no public transport available, I have hired full day taxis and it is expensive, obviously, but then I still manage to get whatever I want to get done, whatever places I've seen. And 
actually all the experiences that I've had with these taxi uh, rentals has been amazing so far. I've met some really good locals and I've actually become friends with some of them and they have invited me as their guests the next time when I visit the country and stuff like that. So it is a setback and it is not in a way, but yes, I'm really working hard to get my driver's license next year and cover some of the itineraries that I have not done so far. Definitely having a driver's license is the way to go in a lot of the places, especially when there's not a lot of public transportation. So, or you can go with a friend who does drive and then, you know, (laughs) you'll be on the passenger seat and enjoy it. (laughs) I know that you're a solo traveler. Do you have any tips for anyone else who wants to do this or just a solo traveler in general, what kind of things have you have encountered that people can expect? Honestly, I mean, traveling in Europe is pretty straightforward, whether you're solo or not. It's pretty safe and easy. I have, I've heard different opinions from people, but personally, I have found people extremely friendly, extremely helpful. You walk up to someone and ask for help. They are always willing to help. Even if sometimes they don't speak the language, they will try their best to help you out. So I have always had good experiences traveling around Europe. When I was traveling around India, I would definitely, yes, like to mention that as a female traveler, even as a male traveler, I guess, you have to be careful and cautious and guess that goes for other places as well even in Paris and London I'm sure you can find unsafe neighborhoods as well so just be aware and of your surroundings and don't be hesitant to ask for help don't be hesitant to ask someone for directions or I mean I find some really good recommendations from people when I go to restaurants and I start talking to the hostess or the bartender and they start recommending me places to go or see and stuff like that and it just happens to be a nice conversation so that's what I love and yeah stay in hostels that's one great way to meet people that's what I do go on pub crawls or the walking tours with the hostel people the things that they organize and that way you do meet a lot of people and sometimes I have also ended up meeting people who have a car and are going on the same road trip that I'm planning to do with the public transport and I've hitchhiked and tagged along with them so things that like that have happened as well I think for the first solo travelers, people who haven't traveled yet and are just waiting and worried whether they should travel solo or not, my only advice is go do it. You will love it. And it's also really great when you're traveling on your own, you are able to become more independent in that case where you don't have to ask somebody if they want to go to certain places or not. And you do make friendships a lot easier in that sense because you're forced to (laughs) and then people tend to come to you a lot more because they see you as a solo female traveler especially and a lot of times people are really nice about that and they want to include you in things if they see that you're on your own that's true and uh, yes frankly uh, there has been few opportunities where some of my friends who I'm very compatible traveling with wanted to come on trips with me but I've avoided them because I wanted to do it on my own (laughs) 
because after like a um, whole week of work and talking to people and being in meetings and constantly being surrounded by people for me traveling solo is liberating you make your own decisions you're making your own plans you're exploring a city on your own and you're just taking the whole city more better compared to when you have someone with you i'm i wouldn't call them distraction but sometimes it is you do you have that sense of freedom that you don't have at home and you're right sometimes you just need time apart from everybody <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back and give yourself one advice what would it be i think I've, if i can go back to myself maybe like 8 years ago i would tell myself that why did you not start traveling before why did you not balance your work life and your passion better long time ago because i think i am at a point right now where i have finally figured out the right balance of the things that i really want to do in my life but it, it took me long to get there and i wish i could have done that before because i think most of the times we always put priority on things that we realize later that didn't matter at all like doing those extra 4 hours of work in the office or taking work back home over the weekends or trying to please other people's plans just so that you're considered to be nice really doesn't matter when you look back so yes i wish i was more careless and prioritize what mattered more to me when we look at our lives and we feel like we're not giving enough to other people it feels really selfish when you don't do that but we also have to realize that we need to take care of ourselves not just other people that was great that you were able to see that what made you finally take that first step to travel because you said you had wished that you had done it 8 years ago what was that moment when you realized okay i can do this why haven't i done this before I always love traveling actually. I'm comes from my family. We always used to go on road trips and travel around India quite a lot when when even when I was a kid. But I wouldn't say that I never traveled, but it was never a priority for me. I was always other things that I always wanted to do like okay, uh, university, make friends, social life, then the work and you know impress everyone, make everyone happy around you and stuff like that. But I think when I moved to UK, I I realized and that's a cultural difference I think I noticed compared to Asian countries and western European countries like people here balance their life more. they don't exactly spend 100% of their time and energy on one particular thing and that really uh, encouraged me that i should not burn myself to do go crazy over like doing something to make my boss happy or to make my colleagues happy or trying to have a social life when i'm not actually enjoying that much and yeah so that was the first step when i decided like okay fine i'm going to do 9 to 5 5 o'clock i turn off my laptop i go back home i make i do other things i make plans for my trips or i do other things that i really love to do like i go to the gym i go swimming i take dance lessons and do things that make me happy and this gives me way more time to plan my trips better organize myself take those weekend offs those long weeks weekends off and yes so 
it was more the outlook of the people around me that helped me make that uh, decision and that change in my lifestyle when I moved to UK. Your environment can definitely do that. And you said culture as well. So that's definitely understandable. What is the worst advice that you have ever received? I have had people who have definitely cautioned me that, oh, because you're traveling so much and sometimes instead of putting those extra hours into my work or my career, I am checking off another bucket list item somewhere in the world. And they keep telling me, like, are you sure this is what you want to do and stuff? So it's more like, yeah, people have tried to caution me about it. Not, I'm sure not with the bad intention, but which did make me question sometimes as well. Like I sometimes felt like I'm in uh, sailing in two boats. Like, okay, it's my work. Should I, am I like giving half attention to it and half attention to my travel? Should I just focus on one thing and just do it full time? Maybe quit my job and just travel full time? Should I do that? So yes, it did make me uh, doubt some of my path and the lifestyle that I'm choosing. But yes, it just helps me reconsider and reassure myself that I'm in the right path when such questions or advice or cautious suggestions come across. When people hear about your type of lifestyle and others who have nomadic lifestyles, because it's not typically the norm for everybody, but it's also wonderful that you're able to find that balance for yourself and to know that what you're doing every day is what you love to do instead of being in your nine to five, even though you love it, you still need to do other things that gives you pleasure every day. For your job, your nine to five job, you're an engineer and you had mentioned that you were relocated to the UK. How are you able to do that with your job? I, I wanted to work in UK. This is the job that I've been wanting to do two years before I moved here. So I literally had to work my way through, meet the right people, share my passion with the people who could make that decision and bring me here. But it's easier said than done, I would say. And uh, yeah, I, I would consider myself lucky because I know a lot of my colleagues, I'm sure a lot of other people in other professions and domains as well, work in multinational companies and are doing their best, but they feel stuck. They want to go to these nice locations that they want to, but it doesn't happen. But I would just say, like, hang in there, do your best and yeah, don't be scared to voice your opinion. Don't be scared to tell people that you want to move or you want to do this job, you're bored in your current job. I think one reason why I got transferred and I got relocated is that I constantly told my manager and people around that how bored I am doing that job that I was doing back in India because I, I had enough of it. And that really helped when they know that a good employee is getting bored and they know that they're looking for other options, they might consider you for another position that you want. But yes, networking and being in touch with the right people is very, very important to get what you want. 
you're right. There's a lot of things that happens, especially in a job. And most of the time, it's not really because you hate it. It's because you're bored and you don't know what else to do. You feel like you're stuck in the same thing and you're not learning anything and you're you're hitting that plateau where you're just not going anywhere. And networking and putting yourself out there, that's one of the biggest things that you can really do for yourself and never undervalue yourself and what you're worth so what has been the most surprising moment or encounter you had throughout this journey I think the most amazing encounter of this entire journey is people that I've met uh, especially because I'm traveling solo I do uh, have a better opportunity at meeting locals having these strange encounters with people that I just meet and I want him to help me buy a ticket because the person doesn't understand my language and we end up sharing the same train ride and end up talking and then end up having lunch together or dinner together and it just is so interesting that you can meet people like this and you know so much about a country or a place that you wouldn't have known if you didn't make that trip or that journey on your own or you didn't ask that question or ask for help from an unknown person. So I mean, I think those little encounters are something that I cherish the most in this journey. And I've learned so much about places and peoples and cultures that I I wouldn't have known if I didn't make that trip and just relied on information available on the Internet or media or article and those stereotypes which are available. It's always incredible to see that the people can be a complete stranger and then they will just go out of the way to help you in any way possible when they see that you're distressed or just need help i've always believed this that the what makes a place really memorable is the people that are in it because that's where you make your most connections with so how did you know that you were following the right path for yourself I still don't know if I'm following the right path or not, to be honest, Debbie. It's it's just, it feels right. I, I'm really happy with what I do. Some, there are days when I constantly work for the entire month and I don't travel and I get bored and I make a trip and I feel really happy and liberated. And there are times when I travel for three weeks continuously and I miss my work and I come back and I feel happy. So I feel that, yes, these are these different aspects of my life that stimulate me and make me happy in different ways. And I want them all for now, at least. And that's what makes me feel that I'm on the right path. Listening to your gut feeling and knowing that you are happy what you're doing is definitely a good signal for you to know that, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. What advice would you give someone who still is in their nine to five, but they don't have the luxury to quit and they want to travel the world? I think the biggest setback that will hold you from not doing this is priority. And I was reading a while ago somewhere and it said like, when you say that I don't have time to do it, change it to saying I'm not prioritizing it and see how it feels. And it really made me think like, yes, there are lots of things that we say, I don't have time to do. Oh, I'm so busy at work. I don't have time to travel. But just change it and say, I'm not prioritizing to travel or 
forget about travel. I'm not prioritizing to go to the gym or I'm not prioritizing to go take that guitar lesson that I always wanted to take and see how that feels. And that's when you will know, like, you can always make time. There is time. And I I am in a nine to five work and I have gone through that lifestyle where I wasn't traveling because I was doing other things. So I can say that, yes, we do prioritize a lot of stuff when we are in a nine to five job, which is not just job as well. It's about, oh, getting this drink with these colleagues every time or going for the social gathering or putting those extra two hours in the office because your boss is sitting around. Honestly, it's not going to pay off. It doesn't matter. So it's about priority. Put that, make that plan, book that flight and just go for it. And I guess once you do it, you will get a hang of it and you would want to do it more. But priority organizing is another second part, which is important that you got to organize your time. Taking that first step is really hard for a lot of people. And you're right. Prioritizing things is such a key in order to be able to do what you're passionate about, whether it's traveling or starting a business or even just starting something new. So it's just a matter of really looking into that and what you want to do and taking that first leap. Any tips on where our listeners can look for more information and where they can find the best resources for traveling? A lot of people actually contact me and ask me for advices about if they are planning a trip to Paris or if they're planning a trip to Italy and they ask me like, oh, where should we go? What kind of like what hotels should we stay in or what kind of uh, I'm going to a place for two weeks. Which cities should I see? I always get very confused by those questions because it, it's complete. Every individual wants travels differently and have different interests. And you would be surprised how much information internet actually has. So go online. There are amazing itineraries, amazing blogs available for like every kind of traveler, budget traveling, luxury traveling, short duration, long duration. I was surprised to see the and the huge amount of information and the huge amount of blogs that are already available for all the places in the world that, I mean, I, it, it's difficult for me sometimes to write a blog about a place that I've been to because somebody else has already written it so nicely and I actually followed that blog to travel. So it's very hard for me to add my own uh, niche or a difference to it. But yeah, there are some really amazing people out there writing their experiences and I think that's the best way to go. And uh, another thing that I use is Instagram which is great. These hashtags are way more powerful than you think. So sometimes when I really want to visit a place and mainly places where I'm worried about the weather, whether is it a good time to visit? Is it rainy today or tomorrow? Or is the fall season there yet or not? Use the Instagram hashtags to search for those places and 
you will get a lot of real-time pictures that people constantly keep posting. And that will give you an idea about how the place actually looks like right now to give you an idea whether it's the best time to visit or not. With so many blogs right now, it's definitely a lot easier to research all of that stuff. And you're right, Instagram, especially because it's so visually driven, you will definitely get a lot of information from that. So thanks for that, Sam. My pleasure. What are you working on today that's really exciting to you? I've spent three and a half years in UK. And according to my visa, I can stay in UK for five years at max. So one of the biggest projects that I'm working on right now is to find myself that next location that I want to go to. So I have started networking again with people and the human resources people in the organization and talking to all the people I know all around to find out where next I want to go to, what opportunities are available, what career options I have and stuff like that so that in next year or two, I can move to another great location and I can still continue my career progress and also travel to more places. So that's what I'm working on right now. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can look me up on Instagram and I try my best to update all my latest travels over there. And secondly, so if you go to my website, uh, it has all the details about my Instagram, my email ID, and also I've tried to share the itineraries of the places that I have been to, mainly keeping into consideration uh, on how to do a place over a weekend or three days and quick stops kind of itineraries. My website is uh, www.samwonderlust.com and my Instagram handle is sam underscore wonderlust. So you can find me there and yeah, give me a shout. I'm always there to answer and chit chat. Yes, and Sam is super helpful, so you guys can definitely go to her and she'll give you a lot of useful tips. Thank you so much, Sam, for talking to me. I really appreciate all of the tips you gave us. Thank you so much, Debbie, for having me. It was really great. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to sign up for the extended interview to get the best travel hacking tips from Sam. Love a good audiobook as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, you're in luck because I have teamed up with audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for free. Make sure to visit offbeatbook.com. Again, that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial 